0: Downtown Los Angeles. This is the city. A podcast focusing on the politics, art and culture of Los Angeles. I'm your host, Garen Kelsall. This week, the 2016 presidential election comes to downtown with Democratic candidate Bernie Sanders visiting the historic Sports Arena. Bernie. Also, we speak to Isabel Rojas Williams, Executive Director of the LA Mural Conservancy, about their work and the importance of public art in our city.
1: And we have passed uh, the mayor ordinance that allow murals to be legal in Los
0: Angeles again. And in the big question, we ask so, wait, who's throwing shade balls? First up, let's talk murals. Founded in 1987, the L.A. Mural Conservancy's mission is to restore, preserve, and document the murals of Los Angeles. Their executive director, Isabel Rojas Williams, is highly recognized for her civic and cultural contributions to the city. We had the pleasure to talk to her about the organization and the resurgence of murals in L.A. after the work to end the moratorium on their creation. This is The City. I'm Garen Kelsaw. Joining me on the phone now is Isabel Rojas-Williams, the Executive Director of the Mural Conservancy of Los Angeles. How are you today, Isabel?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, I'm glad to have you. I wanted to be able to talk to our audience about the Mural Conservancy of Los Angeles and just kind of in general and give us some background on, on who you are and what you guys do.
1: Uh, the Mayor Conservancy of Los Angeles is a 501 PC non-profit organization that was founded in 1987, and our mission is to uh, restore, preserve, and document the mirrors of Los Angeles, and by doing that, you know, to, pr- to preserve the history of our city
0: And what do you think is kind of the unique relationship with murals in Los Angeles that uh, makes this such a special place?
1: The history of murals in Los Angeles dates back to the 1930s, you know, with the WPA program that was established by uh, then President Roosevelt, as well as the three greats, the three Mexican masters that were invited from Mexico to the United States to paint murals. Uh, our biggest influence in LA is the cicadas, who painted three murals in Los Angeles. So many muralists cite cicadas as their inspiration for painting. But at the same time, you know the uh, mural movement. Uh, let's move forward to the seventies. Uh, the mural movement was happening all over the city. It was happening in uh, the West Side in Santa Monica and Venice, and in downtown LA in Hollywood. Uh, San Fernando Valley and uh, East Los Angeles, of course, where the great majority of the nails were created during the time of the moratoriums. Uh, also, males were blossoming in uh, South Los Angeles uh, because of uh, uh, social political issues. But many of these artists didn't know each other. It was like uh, uh, interstanus culture, male culture happening in different parts of our city. So many murals were created, thousands of them at the time. And th- that uh, we moved forward to the 80s, and then we had the murals of uh, the Olympics, uh, the 1994 Olympics. So and then the Victor Clothing murals, uh, which we are very involved with right now, that's part of what will begin very soon, the process of restoring the purple of Norway, one of the... Uh, four existing murals on the building on Broadway and third. So uh, people define, you know, like murals are so important. Now we have a mural renaissance. And this is happening uh, to a lot about the leading role that our organization took since there was a mural moratorium in Los Angeles since 2002. So we kind of brought the voice of the muralist to City Hall And we helped craft and pass the mural ordinance that allowed murals to be legal in Los Angeles again. And because of that, we had not only national but international attention. And, uh, you know, at one point, we were the mural capital of the world, something that we are recovering very quickly. And all this is kind of a process that has taken uh, years uh, in the creation and that's thanks to the great talent that we have in our city. So when you think of Los Angeles, we get thousands of tourists that come to L.A. that want to see our murals. We have hundreds of muralists from all over the world that come to L.A. to paint. Uh, everybody is wanting to have a wall to put their name there. And we have our pioneer muralist that uh, has written history in our city uh, many of those painted on the 101 and the one for the nineteen Olympics. Uh, but it's something, as I just said, you know, there's a mirror renaissance and uh, there's something that is also happening that many of the artists that have been gallery, museum artists, they are painting mirrors and mirrorless that have been, uh, mirrorless are uh, painting on those in the public uh, sphere uh, had uh, gone to galleries and museums. So, so it's like a circle, you know, that bounces back and forth. And it's a beautiful cross pollination happening among our artists and the city and, uh, you know, our politicians and the public, the art advocates that's making our city one of the most vibrant in the world because
0: of our murals and i love that you mentioned uh, the pope of broadway because living downtown as long as i have that is definitely iconic for me about my neighborhood and there's a lot of wonderful murals down here as you mentioned what do you think some of the importance of public art is in general for us as a citizenry uh, for people who are city dwellers i
1: think Public art is extremely important because I always talk about how murals and public art in general, it, you say, we are like, murals are like a cultural bridge between the streets and the art institutions, such as the galleries and the museums, because, you know, when you see art in the streets, it kind of brings a vibrancy and it actually incites uh, young people, children, uh, curiosity. They want to know what is, it, what is this and why is this happening, and they look at the murals and they say, if you identify, because, you know, murals are the history of the community, they see themselves or their parents or their grandparents or their neighbors, and they're able to read the narrative without having higher education but allows them to to go to their computer and find out what's the mural, what does it mean, who painted the mural, and why is this happening? And then, you know, the next thing you know is that these kids want to go to a gallery or a museum. So to me, browser regard is extremely important because without it, you know, it, it, it would be like such a cool entity, uh, public art gives an identity to a city. Public art and murals, in particular, in particular, gives a flavour of who we are. And we are an amazing city. We in this city, uh, we have all sorts of uh, languages and religions and ethnicities, and uh, uh, but we have certain factors that bring us together. We, uh, you know, the food cross pollinate. We have, you know, the Korean and Mexican tacos. We have, uh, you know, the Latino Asian fusion when it comes to food. Uh, the fashion, you know, that happens here is uh, highly influenced by the streets. And then we have, you know, the meals. The meals bring something that is so spectacularly unique to our city and going back to the Pope of Doge, you know it's uh, it's a a man that came from very humble beginnings in Mexico to this uh, country and specifically to this city and he became one of the most iconic and glittering actors in Hollywood known all over the world and claimed by different ethnicities because he could be Latino, Italian, Greek Middle Eastern well, the same happens with our murals, where there is this cross-pollination among the artists. And then, you know, we, for example, we're going to give a mural tour at South Park Beach on the 18th of August. And by the way, everybody's invited. It's a free event. And we are actually touring the murals that have been created at South Park and the utility boxes. So, you get to see artists that came from uh, different countries and as well as our own. Uh, for example, Ken Twitchell painted uh, a mural at this called Special Olympics Monument, where he painted Jennifer uh, Johnson and uh, Loretta Trayvon. And uh, this is his homage to the Special Olympics, and we are going to View and talk about it, and she's going to speak in front of the mirror. And so there are many, there are like eight different ones. So we're going to be working from South Park from uh, uh, between 11 and 12 on Hope. And, and we have hundreds of people RSVP, and we are doing this in a collaboration with South Park and the Foundation. And we are actually giving homage to our artists, to the vibrancy of our city and to pioneers such as Ken Twitchell, So, you know, the interest is so incredible throughout. I have people coming from all over the world that want to attend our mural tours. They email us and they say, you know, we want to go and see the murals in the Art District or in Highland Park or East Los Angeles, Ball Heights, Pacoima. So, you know, we have these wonderful packets of murals that, you know, make us feel unique. And uh, as I said, you know, the world looks like, uh, at Los Angeles as a place that fits, uh, you know, uh, different tones of what should be in the culture. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely part of that, uh, active part of that. And uh, it's a beautiful feeling to see that since we help us in the awareness with the help of council member we serve La Vange and uh, parks. Well, in reality, uh, many of the city councilmen, most of them supported this. Our city has become one of the incredible uh, mural cities again, uh, where freedom of expression has been restored to the artists to allow you know, them to paint again. So it's extremely important.
0: It's an amazing work that has been completed by you as well. And we definitely thank you for it as lovers of the art. Isabel Rojas-Williams is the Executive Director of the Mural Conservancy of Los Angeles. Thank you again so much for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. And uh, be proud of our city because we really, really are one of the most culturally vibrant cities in the world.
0: For more on the LA Mural Conservancy, visit our website this is the city.net. First Sundays is DTLA's community brunch, a gathering of residents, friends and stakeholders for food, drinks and great conversation. For September, we're moving the party to the Border Grill for unlimited small plates and bottomless mimosas. You can join us on Sunday, September 6th at 445 South Figueroa Street in Downtown LA. The Eat Drink podcast is a great resource to get the skinny on bars and restaurants you want to be at in DTLA. Check out this quick preview and when you're hungry for more, visit our website, thisisthecity.net. Welcome to Eat Drink Podcast, Downtown LA's very own clubhouse, Hideout,
2: The Escondite. Uh, it's a brick and mortar food truck for stoners. That's Can you come show us some drinks, man? We're come, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this did the burgers that's all anyone wrote about our sandwiches and our appetizer are actually better than our burgers our burgers are phenomenal but Room, which is our vegetarian version of Buffalo Wings. Then we'll do a train wreck sandow with fries, fresh cut fries. And that's my take on the Godmother at the uh, Bay Cities. It's kind of like my challenge to them. I use different meats, but that's my challenge to them. And then uh, if you want to be stony baloney, you got to get the Fat Albert on the donut bun, dude. It tastes like a McGriddle should taste.
0: The junior senator from Vermont has been drawing huge crowds of late, and Bernie Sanders' visit to L.A. was no exception. With a reported 27,000 people in and around the sports arena for his campaign stop, Sanders' appeal seemed to stretch across many demographic lines. I spoke with some attendees to gain more insight on what brought them out. Inside the sports arena in Los Angeles, it's a raucous crowd already. Bernie's not even near the stage yet. What brought you guys out to, to
3: The tattooed chicks, I mean the um, the you know, the real voices for change. This is the real hope in change. I was gung-ho in 2008, I thought some shit was gonna happen, and it didn't happen, really. I mean, you know, there's some formidable forces at work that are standing in the way of real progress, and I think maybe this will be the change that uh, we need. We got a kid on the way, and I'm just hoping that he—he's he's actually has a, a country and a government that he can take part in in, in 18 years. The, the stakes are high. They've been—they've been high, but they're like at a, a fever pitch now, and a lot of people are like choosing to hide their heads in the sand about it. So, Bernie, I think it's just uh, one step towards uh, government telling the truth and doing something. Uh, based on what the actual will of the people is, and I think you know, the will of the people is to survive and prosper and flourish, not not to be you know, driven further into the ground and depression and you know economic chaos. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, from like race politics to uh, gender inequality to civil rights and and um, you know banks running the world and driving. You know, economies into you know ruin. I, this is you could pick any one of those things and say it's like the most pressing thing there is right now because it all is pressing. It's all we're we're in a desperate state right now, and uh, people just got to wake up. I feel like there's enough young people here that I feel like, well, maybe I can like get out of my uh, my my uh, depression. You know, have a have a society where we all respect and love each other. That, I mean, that's what it boils down to.
2: My name is Lisa Bing because I really believe what this man is saying. I think he's been saying it for about 40 years. And I want to show my support. I want to be here um, and see who else is here and hope that we can be part of this change that's really essential for our country to survive.
0: And you mentioned seeing who else is here. Are you surprised at all by the size of the crowd, the makeup of the crowd?
2: Um, I'm going to walk upstairs so I can look down and get a better view. Um, I think there's a large... Young crowd here. I saw some some seniors in the line, but I think it's uncomfortable. Maybe you know for them to be in the crowd and wait in line. But it was great to see them. Um, I really hope that this catches on. I hope that what this man is saying um, <clears throat> reaches a wide audience because it resonates for the people that hear him, but it's just about getting more and more people to hear him.
0: What is it about the message that really resonates with you?
2: Um, He's, you can always tell when someone's speaking the truth and uh, it makes sense what he's saying that there, our country is in a really vulnerable position and I just, I want something to give to my child that I don't have. I don't have a trust fund. I'm the working poor, and I went to college. I mean, the fact that the Citizens United exists, and people can elect and put people in positions of power because they can afford it, that's not a democracy, and that's not what people fought to protect this country from. So I'm just hoping that it catches on.
4: Abraham. And how old are you, Abraham? 21.
0: So welcome to Downtown LA. What brought you out to the Bernie
4: Sanders event? Dude, Bernie Sanders is the only true candidate out there in the 2016 election. Uh, Hillary, she's all right, but Bernie Sanders, he's his track record is great. Bernie, all the way. So you're 21. How involved are you in politics thus far? Is this something you usually do? Uh, it's just recently, about a year ago, I watched a movie that got me like politically aware, and so uh, it's just. Uh, before I was like a Republican, I didn't really know, but now I know of, like what you have to research on. You have, to be, you have to know about politics. Compared to a lot of my friends, they're not politically aware. And you know, it's crazy. In the 1960s, the civil rights movement, most of them are college students. Now, 2015, barely anybody knows about a politics. So uh, it's something you should know about and something that each millennial should know. Of. So when you say Bernie is the only true candidate for
0: 2016, what does that mean for you, why?
4: He's been talking about the same thing for decades, since the 1980s, income and wealth inequality, it's so high compared to Germany, all the first world nations around the world. And other than that, he's always, he, he never wavers to his decisions. He always sticks to what he knows is right. And that's why my votes are Bernie.
0: And do you get your friends politically actively involved too, or?
4: Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying on Facebook, on Instagram. You know, just trying to show them like, uh, like crazy facts that actually happens in politics. And you know, you have to you have to know these things. You have to be aware. You have to get the right uh, politicians in office to represent the people. So why do you think that people are a little more reluctant like politics? I think a lot of people think uh, politics is weird, uh, or not weird but boring, you know. Uh, It's kind of, you have to know your stuff, you can't just act like you know something. You have to do your research, it's a lot of reading, and it's a lot of looking in between the lines, you know. Uh, you have to go deep into it. You can't just listen to what a candidate says because he could be lying, you know? You have to like really see what's the truth, why this affects the community, why this affects my income, how is this all tied globally, you know? It's all, all matters of life, all different factors. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, man.
0: The candidate's enthusiastic message really rallied the crowd.
3: We are talking about the United States having more income and wealth inequality than any other major country on earth, and we are going to change that.
0: Coming up, our commentary segment, The Big Question.
2: At This Is The City, we strive to provide the story of downtown Los Angeles for all of our listeners, but we can't do it without you. If you enjoy our work, please consider donating on our website. It's easy to do via PayPal, and it helps us cover the costs of producing the show. You can also help others discover the show by sharing us on social media or leaving us a review in iTunes. Thank you so much for listening.
0: I really hope you've seen this video. There's thousands of little black balls rolling down the slick sides of the reservoir. Even a truck backs up to it and lets them loose. This mesmerizing site is an effort to conserve the scarcest resource amidst California's historic drought, water. The shade balls at 36 cents a unit are designed to last 10 years and represent an innovative approach by a city on water conservation. They're estimated to save 300 million gallons of water each year, and their implementation is several hundred million cheaper than other proposed efforts. I'm happy to see our leaders being creative to try and come up with interesting ways to handle issues that face us all. I hope that water conservation isn't the only one that gets such attention. Thank you for joining us this week on This Is The City. Join us next time for more of the politics, art, and culture that make Los Angeles. This is the City is written and produced by me, Garen Kelsaw, and my partner, Jonathan Sosnowski. Our theme music is by Taj Simmons. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher or on Twitter at ThisIsTheCityLA and Facebook at Facebook.com slash ThisIsTheCity. Send us a message or leave a comment. Let us know what you think and what you want to hear on upcoming episodes. Until next time, be well.